0: good to be back another just another home that's all it is it's my home in the west coast and i got my beautiful bride with me today at least last time she i don't think she's been with me the last two times um you know she had covid you know back then and so i'm glad that she's with me as well uh how many when you go out to eat how many of you like to order appetizers huh You know, mozzarella sticks, chicken wings, nachos, fried pickles, if you're in the South, you know. And these things are good, and it's a great way to prepare for the main course. That's what Bible study is. And so, if there's anybody listening out there that should be in church this morning, you're missing the appetizer. And the appetizer will prepare your belly for the real meal which comes in the morning message. So praise the Lord that you're here. I'm preaching to the choir. But usually that's how it goes. You know, you end up preaching to the choir. And uh, it's the ones that uh, aren't in the choir that need to hear it. So, but praise the Lord for that. Open your Bibles, if you would, today to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Now, I don't know about you. I am a madman when it comes to writing in my Bible. I mean, I don't know, do you, do you folks, I mean, that's a workbook. Right. Underlined, circled, highlighted, yeah. emphasize. it's a workbook. So if you have a pen with you today, or a pencil, whatever, I want you to take it out for a minute because I'm going to have you put a mark in your Bible if it does not offend you. If it offends you to write in your Bible, then don't do it, lest I should cause somebody to stumble. So look at Philippians chapter 2 with me in verse 25. It says, Yet I supposed it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and companion in labor and fellow soldier, But your messenger, and he that ministered to my wants. Let's ask the Lord for his help this morning. Father, we come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we ask you, Lord, that you give me power from on high, unction from the Holy Spirit of God, to be able to proclaim the word of God faithfully. And I pray, Lord, that these people have already prepared the ground, already tilled the soil, and prepared for the seed. I pray, Father, that it all take root and that you have your perfect will in each and every one of our lives for your glory and for your pleasure. For these things we ask in Christ's name, amen. Uh, I don't want to be amiss and not say thank you very much to your pastor for this honor. You know, I, he's a dear friend, though I love to pick on him, and he loves to pick on me, and I know he does. Uh. He's just, he's a a dear friend. Dear, 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 dear friend. So, but I want you to notice the life of Epaphroditus. It says he was a brother, a companion in labor, a fellow soldier, but your messenger and he that ministered to my wants. Now, I want you to take your pen, and I want you to put a period right after the word brother. And then right above that, put a question mark. Because the question to all of us today is, is that where our Christian race has ended? At just becoming a brother or just becoming a sister. And nothing has taken place after that. There are so many people that think that becoming a Christian is the end of the race. It's the beginning of the race. But even for us that have been saved for many, many years, we can come to a place in our lives where the period fits. Where we've stopped laboring. And we've stopped delivering the message. And we've stopped being a soldier and fighting for the cause. And there are times in our Christian life where that period is more fitting than it should be. And so I want you to keep that question mark there because when you read through your Bible, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, let a man examine himself, whether he be in the faith. And we are to examine ourselves. And the Bible says if you judge yourself, you should not be judged. Judge yourself. And as you're reading your Bible and you come across that period there, next time you read that verse, and you see that question mark there, ask yourself, has my Christian race stopped there? Epaphroditus was a very unique individual. He saw something in Paul the Apostle's ministry worth investing into. <laughs> I would say, you know, it's he said, I'm a... Com- He became a companion with Paul. He was a soldier with Paul. He was a messenger with Paul. He ministered unto Paul. He saw something worth investing into. It reminds me of uh, in the 1980s when I first got started in business, and I had a job that took me out to Seattle. And I was out there and I was checking out of the hotel early one morning. And looked across the street and saw a line about 7 o'clock in the morning and all the way down the sidewalk, all these people lined up. And I asked the lady at the counter, I said, well, what in the world is going on across the street? And they said, oh, it's this new business called Starbucks. And they were all lined up behind this little wooden shack. And that's what Starbucks was, a little wooden shack. Now, if, if you knew and I knew what Starbucks would become... Would you not have emptied your bank account and gone up and knocked on the door and said, here, you can have it all? Because you knew what it would become. You knew it was worth investing into. And that's the same thing as Epaphroditus. Epaphroditus said, there's something about the ministry of the Apostle Paul that's worth investing into. And obviously, Paul invested heavily into the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think that's why you're here today. You've made an investment. You've made an investment of time. You've made an investment of your, your talents here in the local church to be able to do something for Jesus Christ. But I want you to see, we don't all go to the same length when we make investments. Some people invest a dollar. Some people invest a million. Amen? We don't always make the same level of investment. Epaphroditus' investment was everything he had. Everything he had. So my question to some of you that maybe the period does fit after the word brother. My question to you, is getting to heaven enough for you? Is salvation enough for you? And then my next question would be, is it enough for the Lord Jesus Christ? Is he going to be satisfied with the fact that they got here? I mean, think about the thief on the cross. He never even had a chance to do a thing for the Lord Jesus Christ. He got there, but no treasures, no rewards, no inheritance. He had no opportunity to earn anything. Maybe from the one thing that he said to the other thief, You know, maybe God gave him a reward for that. I don't know. But the fact is, you have an opportunity to earn an inheritance, earn a reward. You have an opportunity to get a return on your investment like Epaphroditus did. It says there in verse 26, for he longed after you all and was full of heaviness. Because that ye had heard that he had been sick. Folks, he wasn't just a fellow Christian. He was a fellow companion. It says a companion in labor. Labor means work. Yeah. Labor means work. It means effort. And the ministry requires work. All of this did not just happen on its own. Everyone represented here today sitting in a seat required some level of effort. You said, no, I came on my own. I visited on my own. Had they not showed themselves friendly to you, and had you not seen that what was coming from this pulpit was the true word of God, you wouldn't have stayed. There was an investment that was made to make you sit where you're sitting today. It took effort. It took work. It took effort labor and you know there's nothing quite as rewarding as having somebody at your side working with you that's why you know you think about those world war ii soldiers still the ones that are still alive there's not many but the ones that are still alive they still get together some yearly because these guys i mean you talk about having your back you talk about you know comrade in arms and they're, they're closer to each other than probably some family members are. And it's the same in the Christian realm. Aren't there some brothers and sisters in Christ that you're probably closer to than you are members of your own family? He was a fellow laborer because he wrought with Paul. Wrought, W-R-O-U-G-H-T means to labor. He was a laborer. So I'm, let me ask you, how often do you accompany your brothers and sisters in Christ in labor? Uh, I'm sure in this church, there are church work days. I'm sure there is evangelistic outreach. I'm sure there are different things like going to camp and preparing for this and big meetings coming up. I know Pastor Peacock will be coming here later in the year. I mean, all these things require labor. They require work. Cleaning the carpet, straightening the chairs, putting out the hymn books. Making the coffee, you know? Uh, All the things that are really, really important. Cleaning the bathrooms. Yes, I've seen pastors cleaning the bathrooms because they didn't have anyone else to do it and it had to be done. The thing we don't want to see is any pastor burning out because the workload becomes so heavy on them because it's not being shared. And Epaphroditus says, I'll share. Uh, I'll help. I'll help. But 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 Epaphroditus, uh, you were sick. You were really sick. Yeah, I know, but it's worth it. The investment is worth it. You know, the Marines, the Navy SEALs, have that big log called Old Misery. And that's what the Navy SEALs carry when they're training to be SEALs. Old Misery. Old Misery is one log that weighs 400 pounds. They put eight Navy SEALs on it. Now, we're all good at math. So 400 divided by eight is? Good. 50. 50. That's 50 pounds that each man is carrying. And they're running with this log in the sand which is hard enough, just walking in in sand. And all of a sudden, one Navy SEAL drops to his knees because he can't take another step. And now that 400 pounds is divided by seven. And you can do the math, because I can't. And then another one drops. And another one drops. And all of a sudden, we're left with four guys. I did four, because that'd be easy. Four guys. That's a hundred pounds on each man. That's twice as much as they were intended to carry. All because some of the others dropped out. And what you have to understand, Christian, is, is that the work has to be done. Somebody has to do it. And if you're not willing to carry any of it, somebody else has to. And oftentimes that somebody else Is somebody that's already doing five or six other things? Yeah, and and it's probably my fault as a pastor. Uh, I pastored for twenty two years, and I had people that were with me from day one and walked with me for twenty years. And if there was anything to be done in the church, your pastor knows these people, and he knows what I'm saying is correct. If there was anything to be done in the church, I'll do it. Anything, clean the church i'll do it organize the parade we're going to have through town i'll do it we're going to have a children's recital can someone organize i'll do it whatever was asked they would do it until the point that they couldn't do another thing remember jesus himself said come apart and rest yourselves for you have not even had the leisure to eat I preached the message once, come apart before you come apart. And it's so important. But those people left my church, left New Beginnings Baptist Church, after 20 years. Big problem? Mad at the pastor? No. No. Burned out. And there were other people in the church. We had a good-sized church It's just that nobody else was doing this. Nobody else says, I'll do it. You know why? Because oftentimes we think, I can't do it. I don't have it within myself to do it. But my Bible tells me I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. My Bible tells me it is God that worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. My Bible says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. It's God. God doesn't need your ability. He needs your availability. It's God that's going to get the thing done, but he wants to do it through you. Epaphroditus says, I'll do it. I'll do it. Look at verse 27 with me. Not only was he a fellow laborer, he was a fellow soldier. And that's what it says up there in verse 25. Because he fought with Paul. Verse 27 says, for indeed he was sick. Just, you know, he had a little cold. No, nigh unto death. But God had mercy on him and not on him only, but on me also. Lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I sent him therefore the more carefully that when you see him again, you may rejoice and that I may be the less sorrowful. Sorrow upon sorrow, Epaphroditus' death, plus the Philippines not getting the encouragement they needed would have been more than the Apostle Paul uh, could imagine. You know, some people will accept any excuse that comes up to miss church. Um uh, I got a phone call right before I was supposed to go out the door. It was mom. Uh you know, the dog threw up. Um, you know, and I I, I praise the Lord for my wife. She has taught me a lot um since we got married. I, what she's really taught me is how to endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. <laughs> and but She says, you know, if I'm going to have a stomach ache, I can have a stomach ache at church or at home. It's still going to be a stomach ache. You know, if I have a headache, I can have it at church or at home. It's still going to be a headache. Uh, So I'm going to church. So she has a reputation. If she's in town, she's in church. If she's out of town, she's in church. Come Sunday, come Wednesday, she's in church. You hear about an evangelistic outreach like we're having at our church back home? She says, I want to be part of that. I want to go downtown. I want to pass out tracts. I want to be part of that. You know, And, and that's the kind of attitude that Epaphroditus had. Said, if there's something to be done, I'll do it. Hey, it might cost me my life, but so what? For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Man. You know what a soldier says? Reporting for duty. You want to know why so many don't report? Because they don't have a desire for duty. Or they don't think that there is a duty. Do you know that for you to have been saved, that you were bought with a price? Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's, God's. Apostrophe S, if they're still teaching it this way in school, usually means possessive, which are God's. That means you don't belong to yourself. You know, the Bible says you're a free man. Yeah, it says you're the Lord's, apostrophe S, free man. You're free to do the will of God. That's what you're free to do. Not to do what you want to do, but to do what he wants you to do. You know, I I give credit to this one preacher I was preaching in uh, West Memphis, Arkansas, in a black church. And uh, he got up there. He was a white preacher, and he got up there and preached on slavery. And I said, man, you got guts. And that message, that message was so well received. He said, we're all slaves. At least we should be. We've been bought. We've been paid for. And you did it willingly when you trusted Jesus Christ and asked him to become your Lord and Savior. You said, I want to become a slave. It's my free will to become a slave. But then yet we have a problem when he says, I want you to do this and I want you to do that. Yeah, we've been bought with a price. As I said, some will... accept any excuse to miss while some will refuse every excuse to miss. They just have a desire to be in church, to be underneath the teaching and preaching of God's word. Turn to Luke, hold your place there because we're going to come back, but turn to Luke chapter 17 with me. And I'll tell you, now, this is a little aside advertisement, but if any of you are ever in the Memphis area, you have got to go to that church. Those people love God. Oh, what an easy church to preach in. My goodness. They love God. I, mean, I, was, I was preaching there, and uh, I just, this is my first time ever preaching there. And I was preaching, and I just got started. I was like two to three minutes into the message. And the pastor was sitting on the front row. He stands up. He walks up to the pulpit and he says, preacher, you're going to have to excuse me. I got to get right with God. That was five minutes into the message. And then all of a sudden another person came in. Another person came in. Oh, my goodness. That, that they, they love God. And they're together all day long. Because when service is over, they go street preaching. When street preaching is done, they eat lunch together. When they're done eating lunch, they have another service on the backside of that uh, eating together. They're together all day long, and there's not a miserable face in the bunch. If you're ever in the Memphis area, Morning Star Baptist Church. Amen? Amen. Pastor Tori Carter. All right. Let's see, where was I? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Luke chapter 17, look at verse 10 with me. So, likewise, ye, when ye shall have done all those things which are commanded you, which a master can say to a slave, say, We are unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty to do. You know, Paul the Apostle says uh, that we have a reasonable service, it's reasonable. Do you consider what is asked of you by Jesus Christ to be reasonable? And, you know, he never puts more on you than you can bear. That's right. Right. You know, I always liken that to, you know, when I first started taking my boys. I had two boys, and i I'd take them weightlifting. We'd go out to the, to the shed at 6 o'clock in the morning, and, that boy, they hated it. And uh, we do weightlifting. I was trying to teach them some things. And uh, what kind of dad would I have been if I put 300 pounds on the bar and then put it on my 12-year-old son's chest and said, go on, son, push it. You see, that's not a good father. I didn't do that, by the way. He's, he's pastoring, he's preaching right now in Tennessee. Um, but what kind of father would I be? And God the Father is the same. God will never put more on you than he knows you can bear. Now, whether or not you think you can bear it is something totally different. But he'll never put more on you than you can bear. And he knows what you can bear. But guess what he'll do? After which time you've proven that you can carry that load, he's going to add some weight. That's the only way to get stronger, right? When you go to the gym, you have to go up in weight, add weight. If you want to get stronger, 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 stronger. Same thing here. God intensifies and puts more of a burden on you. He would not have done this to Epaphroditus had Epaphroditus been saved a week ago. This guy was a companion. He was a soldier. He was a laborer. He was a laborer. And I'll tell you, if you want to do your duty... What needs to come before duty is desire. Do you have a desire? Do you remember um, the story about David and building the temple for the Lord? And David wanted to build the temple for the Lord, if you remember. But he said, no, you're not going to build it. Your son's going to build it. And he gave it to Solomon to do. But what does the Bible say? It says, but he blessed David because of the desire of his heart David didn't lift a finger to build that temple but God rewarded him anyway because of his heart's desire and that's what it is Christian you have to have a desire to be an Epaphroditus you have to have a desire to want to do something for Jesus Christ and it's got to be It can't be something that's just on again, off again. It's got to be your life because he was willing to give his life for the desire he had. We see he was a fellow laborer. We see he was a fellow soldier. We also see he was a fellow messenger. The fellow laborer wrought with Paul. The fellow soldier fought with Paul. And the fellow messenger taught with Paul. And in verse 29... It says, receive him, therefore, in the Lord with all gladness and hold such in reputation. He had a great reputation. And Paul the Apostle told the Philippians to receive him. I'm thankful for you being a laborer and a soldier. For those of you that are laborers, for those of you that are soldiers, praise the Lord. But what is the very next thing it says there in verse 25? Your messenger. He also wanted to be a carrier of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And have, is that, some people say, I, that's not me. That, I've had these people in my church, you know, as far as we're going out on visitation, that's not me. We're going out street preaching, that's not me. That's not how, not how God made me. Well, then l- allow God to remake you. Right. Amen. Amen. The Bible says, commit thy works unto the Lord. And thy thoughts shall be established. In other words, do right because it's right. And all of a sudden, you'll want to do it. You'll have a desire to do it. I mean, seriously. Right after you got saved and someone told you about tithing, like, was that number one on your bucket list? I can't wait to give up 10% of my money. But that desire grew. That, that grew and grew and grew. Same thing with witnessing. You're holding a gospel track, and all of a sudden, you know, you, they're telling you, go, go give it to that person over there. Oh, my goodness, I, that's not who I am. That's not me. But that's who you could be with the desire. The desire for duty. It's my duty to reproduce, to go into the uttermost parts of the world And preach the gospel. That's your duty. That's not just Pastor Dominguez's job. That's not just the evangelist's job. That's anybody that names the name of Jesus Christ. If you're a brother, and that was the very first thing he put. He's my brother. If you're a brother, you have a duty to share that message. The Bible says... In 1 Timothy 1, 1.7, that they were desiring to be teachers, but for the wrong reason. Uh, you know, that's good. You know, the Bible says, if a man desires the office of a bishop, he desires a good work. Did you hear what I said? You get that? If a man desires the office of a bishop or a pastor, he desires a good work. It doesn't say those that are called to be pastors. It doesn't say those that are called to be missionaries or evangelists. It says if a man desires the office of a bishop, he desires a good work. I have a question for you men. Do you desire it? I didn't say you're called. How would I know? And you might not be called. I didn't ask you that either. I said you have a desire to be called. Because as God blessed David for his desire, God can bless you for your desire. It's it's kind of like Isaiah chapter five, chapter six, where Isaiah says, "Here, my God, send me." You know what you're saying? I'm available. I, I don't know the Bible as well as Pastor Dominguez, but I'm willing to learn. I'm available. I know it's my duty, and I can tell you, Lord, it's my desire. I, I, I want to be used. I want to be used. Now, you may or may not call me Lord. That's okay. But I want you to know that I'm willing if you do. And God loveth a cheerful giver. Yeah. And if the Lord has not yet chosen to use you as a messenger... You have to ask yourself a question. Is it because I've not yet been a faithful laborer and a faithful soldier? Notice those things are in order labor is work, soldier is fighting, then he's a messenger, and then a minister. Yeah. There's no period after brother in the life of Epaphroditus, he was a fellow messenger. And lastly, in verse 30, because for the work of Christ he was nigh unto death. That's the second time we saw that in verse 27. He was nigh unto death. For the work of Christ he was nigh unto death. Has there ever been a more worthy cause than for the work of Christ he was nigh unto death? I think about Paul the Apostle. In 2 Timothy 4, in the prison. Was he not nigh unto death in 2 Timothy 4? Yeah, he was about to get his head cut off. I think about Peter in Acts chapter 12. They had just slain uh, James with the sword. Herod did. And now he's in jail in Acts chapter 12 between four quaternions of soldiers sleeping. Hey, don't you understand you're nigh unto death? Yes. And the cause is worth it. And what did Paul the Apostle say in 2 Timothy 4? Bring me the parchments. I've got more work to do. Amen. Hey, Paul, you're going to get beheaded tomorrow. Yeah, that's why you need to hurry. I've got work to do. I've got to finish my work because I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Why? Desire. Desire. But Paul the Apostle's desire was so strong it took him down to Jerusalem when Agabus the prophet told him don't go because the Holy Spirit said you're going you're to die if you go down to Jerusalem. Paul's desire to see those Jews saved was so strong he said what does my life matter? What does my life matter? So why did... Epaphroditus go to the point of death. It says, not regarding his own life in verse 30. For what reason? To supply your lack of service toward me. Remember the Navy SEALs? Someone had to carry it. Some, people are dropping to their knees. People are falling out of the race. Someone had to carry it. And he said, this guy says he's nigh unto death. For what reason? To supply your lack the guy on his knees, to supply your lack of service, this almost killed this guy. He wasn't, folks, he wasn't sick and then decided to go on this journey. It's this journey that almost killed him. Nigh unto death to supply your lack of service. So I'm glad you come to New Heights Baptist Church. This is not labor. This is you coming to the supper table and getting fed. Labor starts out there. And this church needs laborers. And listen, nobody's going to ask you to go stand on a street corner all by yourself when you've never ever done it before. I mean, a pastor has some wisdom. He's going to put you with somebody that's done it. You know what we do at our church? for the people who have never done it before, but they're curious and you know, they're being led that way and you just go out and hold the sign. You just hold the sign. Don't say a word because there will come a day that you will be chomping at the bit to shout in due time. But just go out there and hold the sign. You just go out there and you can stand against a light pole or a telephone pole and just pray. Just pray. Yeah, there's something you can do if you have the desire. What an example Epaphroditus was. Turn to chapter 4 of Philippians. Now this is two chapters later and watch what happens as a result of Epaphroditus' testimony. Testimony his example. In verse 18, Paul says,
1: But I have all
0: and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. I have all and abound, I am full. Well, if unless I'm mistaken, um, the Bible said there in verse 30 of chapter 2 to supply your lack of service toward me. Now all of a sudden um, you are full. Received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you. Interesting how one man's testimony influenced an entire city, an entire church, to be more charitable, to be more giving, to go the extra mile, to go just a little bit further, to give it all, even if it meant his life. One man's testimony changed an entire church. And Paul the Apostle is saying, Thank God I have what I need to continue doing what God has called me to do. I don't know. I don't know you like your pastor knows you. But there's one that knows you even better than your pastor. And you have to be honest with him tonight, today. I'm sure you are a brother for the most part. If you're not, if you're not a Christian here today, today's the day of salvation. Today you should get saved, amen? And people say, you think you're better than me just because you're saved? Listen, I'm not better than you. I'm just better off than you. Right. Amen? One person. One person. A sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. The right motives, the right manner, the right mood. For, for Epaphroditus, it wasn't enough to be just a Christian. He wanted to be a companion, a laborer, a soldier, and a messenger. And he wanted to be a caretaker. He wanted to take care of Paul. You know, get a heart like that for your preacher. And have a desire to take care of him. When you see he has a need, you become Epaphroditus. Before they even tell you what it is. What are you raising your hand for? I don't know. Whatever. I'll do it. Yeah. Become an Epaphroditus. It can change your entire church because charity and sacrifice is contagious. More contagious than COVID. And there's nothing your pastor would like to see more than a room full of Epaphroditus's with their arms up in the air. Amen. Here am I. Send me. Praise the Lord. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you for the day. Thank you for this Bible study time. And I pray that you'd have your will in your way in the lives of your people here at New Heights Baptist Church. Be with their pastor, Lord. Uh, bring him back safely. And I just pray he might return to a room full of Epaphroditus's ready willing and able to do whatever is requested of them for the sake of the ministry for the glory of Jesus Christ and for your pleasure for these things we ask and pray in Christ's name amen Amen. praise the Lord